Welcome to a more perfect Collingswood, hyperlocal news from the greatest town in the world. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. And I'm Kate Delaney. All right, we have a very special episode for you today. We're abandoning our usual format uh, because we have an election coming up in less than a month on May 15th. Right? 11th. 11th. May 11th. Why do you think West it was the 15th? <laughs> See? Like, I, like as you know by now, I don't know anything. Kate knows everything. I'm going to be here to drag you to the polls, clearly. <laughs> All right. May 11th. <laughs> so that Tuesday. is like less than four weeks from now. It's three weeks today. Oh, my God. Yes. All right. Well, three weeks today. We're, we're recording on 420. Sadly, not high. Uh, unless you are, Kate. No, I'm not. Okay. Well... Not going to get the stoner vote that way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yes, we are doing uh, our election special um, because as regular listeners know, Kate is running for Collingswood Commissioner with her team called Collingswood Together. Uh, And who are you running with? I am running with Bill Johnson and Jen Rossi. Okay. So, Kate, here's my question. Sure. All right. And I think this is a question a lot of our listeners probably have. Um... Collingswood is great. Yeah. Right? Collingswood is the best. You know, I call this, you know, hyper local news from the greatest town in the world. That's not ironic. I really think this is the greatest town in the world. Absolutely. So, why change? Why change it up if it's so great already? I think the reason that we changed the leadership has nothing to do with changing the community. And I think that actually there is a tendency to conflate the community with the leaders and especially one leader who's been around for 32 years. Um, And I think it's really important to keep towns vibrant and relevant and diverse. You need to have kind of a pipeline for leadership is what Jen usually calls it. And I think that's a great term. So I think that we have a very uh, tightly consolidated government and that keeps a lot of people out when we're talking with voters. That's one of the things that resonates the most is the idea of expanding to a five person commission, which makes me think there's a lot of people that want to throw their hat in the ring but don't want to go through kind of what we're going through right now. They want to have the chance to, you know, be in a decision-making capacity, sit on a board or committee, and not kind of be part of the the crony system. Yeah, and I agree with that. When I think of, you know, the great things about Collingswood, like we list every episode, um, you know, it's it's not really the government that I think of. Right. I've, you know, been living here for over a decade, paid very little attention to what the local government's doing. Um, but when I think about the things that I love about Collingswood, it's never like things that really involve the commissioners It's the people, it's the, right. the area. Um, and the, it's really the community. Right. Absolutely. Um, so speaking of what you're going through right now, yes. why don't you tell us a little bit about the campaign? Yeah. So the campaign has been really exciting and great. We've done a lot of talking to voters, which is fantastic. Um, and hearing what people have to say, we've had, really and what have, uh, what have people been telling you? Um, A lot of people are concerned about affordability. I would say that's like the top line messaging is that people are worried they're going to get priced out. And it's not necessarily one particular neighborhood. It's all over town. Um, When you say affordability, is that are you talking about rentals? Are you talking about like property taxes? Yeah, property taxes. Just a sense that people moved here. And if they had to move here today, they probably couldn't. They'd look in maybe Oakland or somewhere that's a little bit less expensive. Yeah, I know. Um, I know I moved here. Because uh, it was one of the more affordable towns around. Right. Yeah. And is that is that not the case anymore? Um, when we were out on the west side of Palmer Ave, so I'm East Palmer, there was a row home that was going for like 300000 Yeah. So there's actually the house on the corner oh, yeah, right outside 
is is listed at four hundred thousand. No, I don't think yeah. they're getting that. I don't think they are either. But when I saw that, I thought, yeah. mm, that's yeah. I was like, look, you guys did a lot of improvements, right. but four uh, hundred's right. a bit much. Um, but yeah, that's like astronomically more than anything I've seen on this block. Right. Yes. And I think that when it becomes more and more expensive, we're going to end up pricing out diversity. Um, I know the mayor said, you know, when Collingswood becomes Haddonfield. But I, I, you know, and I like Haddonfield, but I don't want to live in Haddonfield. Wait, I want to live wait, in Collingswood. Wait, what did he say? Like, I know when people were arguing about Airbnb, backyard hens, maybe, you know, on a certain side of town, he's talked a lot about making Collingswood more like Haddonfield. So kind of raising the property values, raising kind of the income base in our town, which I does price out working class people and people of color. And, you know, I want my kids to be somewhere diverse. Uh, that's really important to me. And I, I think it's really important to most voters. Well, that's ironic because I remember quoting him a study that said allowing Airbnb raises property values. Right. Um, but so what um, so what what is the what is the cause of this and what uh, what can we do about it? Uh, affordability. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think going back to the Airbnb thing, which we should call home sharing rather than Airbnb because it became about Airbnb. (laughs) But I think it was short term rentals, short term rentals, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it was really, you know, about a very small number of women who were, you know, divorced, singled, widowed, who wanted to find ways to keep and stay in their homes. Um, So that was really about affordability. That's really what that to me came down to. Um, So I think that, you know, we need to have some more flexibility around, you know, the zoning stuff that happened in terms of the short term rentals. Um, There's definitely a lot of, you know, waste, I think, in public contracting for sure. Um, The mayor is a pay to play contractor. So clearly that's not something he's going to call out, but I'm not part of the pay to play system. So there's something I will call out. All right. Well, since you brought it up. Yes. I've been wanting to do a segment on here for a while about basically how how politics works in South Jersey. Yes, that's that's because, a lot of that's a lot of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. But w- yes. can you give us like a short version of how politics works? Is this like machine politics 101 yeah. here? Yeah. OK, yeah. so the South Jersey machine is uh, really powerful, especially in Camden County, but actually throughout the state, but very much controls South Jersey. So the way that folks kind of stay in office is through a pay to play patronage system. So the contractors give money to the party or to the elected officials and therefore they develop kind of a big war chest. Um, and then, you know, both sides kind of just passing money around a circle. And, and this is all through George Norcross, right? Like yes. this is this is like he's like the patriarch of this system. He is. Yes. So, he so when you hear about the, the, County the Norcross machine. This is this is what we're talking about. Yes. All right. So and and how is that? I mean, has that affected your campaign at all? That you're running against this sort of machine politics uh, um, juggernaut? I, yeah. I mean, he. So Jim Alley f- is formerly a Parker McKay guy, which was uh, is Phil Norcross's firm. He who's Phil Norcross. How many Norcrosses are there? There's three. Well, okay. there's four actually. There's like a brother who's like. Out in PA, like teaching yeah, college. I, I know George and I know Donald. Yes, and then there's Phil. Oh, it's Phil. Okay. So Phil is uh, Parker McKay, and and what be- kind of firm is that? Um, so he did redevelopment consulting. Is that, is that, that a law initially. firm? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so when Jim Alley first was in office, he was just in general law. Then he did kind of the redevelopment stuff in town, and then built up a resume. And they recruited him and said, "You're really good at this. She did this throughout South Jersey." Meet our friend Steve Sweeney. He needs this to happen in Gloucester County. And so there you have it. Um, 
Now, one of the things that I know that the party machine does is they control um, the design of the ballot. Yes. Right? And can you tell us about that? Like, what's the ballot look like this year? So the ballot for Board of Ed and and nonpartisan elections is different. So there isn't a county line. There's just two columns. So for this, we're in column one. We didn't expect to be in column one. Oh, my God. You're in column one? We're in column one. Yes, column one. Columns are together. Um, amazing. It is amazing. We showed up. We thought we were going to be in column two for sure. Um, I have, I've been to ballot draws before, so I brought my people. And Jim Alley wasn't there. He didn't show up for the ballot draw. I was like, what? This is an exciting event in the life of progressives to go to ballot draws. <laughs> like, this is a big thing. Like, we, you know, See, this is, why party hats on. this is why I'm voting for Kate. Right. <laughs> because this is, ballot draws. this is, <laughs> you guys don't even know. This is like her entire life. <laughs> she is such a dork. I am. I am. Local politics. Sure. So, but for the primary, the ballot will be really bizarre. So we, my committee is up for re-election on June 8th, which is Mm -hmm. the the primary election. Um, Okay. And this, so the, so it's the primary elections where the party has the most control over the ballot. Yes. Right. Cause Mm -hmm. it's, it's like a specific party election. Right. Basically. Yes. And all of the real elections in Camden County are intra-party. Mm-hmm. Because Republicans don't win here. Yeah. So the primary is a big deal, and they um, design the ballots that they are then on. So, like in 2019, Joe Ripa designed the ballot that he was on and threw all of his opponents to the, the far reaches of the ballot. Yeah. So, if you've never seen these ballots before, there's like a whole bunch of different columns. And the column is basically is like, it's sort of like a political party, mm-hmm. but instead of a political party, it's like a slogan. Right. So, you've got like column one will be the incumbents. Column two, right. yeah, the, the like the machine candidates. Column two will be like just some random slogan that people are running under. It's usually yeah. So right, and then there'll be like column the, and 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 it can I go looked, up to nine. It yeah, can be nine columns. And right. I, I I actually looked into this at, during the last election because I, I you know I wanted to know who to vote for, so I was right. googling all these candidates, and apparently they just put up fake candidates. They do. Yes. They get like these like random people. They recruit them. Yeah, they recruit right. random people to get on the ballot who don't campaign. Who don't right. even, who barely even realize they're running. They're spoilers. They're yeah. intentional spoiler candidates. Yeah. So in 19, we were in column four. There was two columns worth of phantom freeholders. Um, one of the free phantom candidates was nice enough to pick up the phone when a reporter called and was yeah. like, why are you running? He was like, I don't know. Somebody asked me to run. I guess I like parks and stuff. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so my friend, a couple of us, college progressive Dems, went to the board of ed meeting. We found out who was recruiting them. And we were like, why are you doing this? And they didn't want to talk about it. You'll be surprised well, who, to know. Who was it? <clears throat> um, Kevin Buccheroni. He is who the is that? He, the president of Black Horse Regional Board of Ed, or he was, and I think also works for Gloucester Township. Interesting. So that's his job, or it was his job to recruit people. Um, so we're in column four. This time we're going to be in column five. So we're moved over a space. We would be on. We should be in column one, right? Because we're the incumbents. However, this is breaking news uh, for this podcast. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We were informed, or I was informed by Chairman Jim Beach that um, we would not have the line because of my meddlesome behavior. Oh. I've been meddlesome, and because of my meddlesome ways, I'm off the line. I mean, can you really blame them? I know. I've been asking questions. I've been showing up and being like, hey, why don't we have a process? You You are very meddlesome. I'm very meddlesome. So we are in column Five. Can um, you? Can you? Can that be your slogan? We're meddlesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Vote meddlesome. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, um, but we've got a great crew that's running. So it'll be the 16 of us again. They've got 16 people that Mally recruited to run against us. And when is that primary? That's the 8th, June 8th. Oh, my God. So these are like back to back. I know. It's a very busy time of year for me. Oh, my God. I didn't realize (laughs) you were running for two elections at the same time. All right. Well, back to the the township uh, commissioner. Right. Election. Um, so what are your what are your top priorities that you uh, that you want to do if you're elected? So I think we have some policy differences and definitely process differences. And I think the process mm-hmm. differences I've been saying to people like day one working sessions. That's really easy. It's mm-hmm. something that I lobbied for to our current mayor. People should see how decisions are made. I'll tell you because we used to hang out outside of their illegal <laughs> meetings. Yeah. Now, um, <laughs> we've, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but if you're if you haven't heard our old episodes, um, basically what happens is if you go to a commissioner's meeting, um, they will have the laws, the, the, the local ordinances that they're going to pass. They'll have them already drafted. They'll have them already completely debated. Everyone knows where they stand on them. And they just sort of go through the motions mm-hmm. of bringing it up. Um, just saying, okay, this is our first reading. Um, and then you have to, you have to do a first reading and then at the next, um, at the next meeting, they'll do a second reading. Right. But there's not ever any debate. Right. Between the commissioners. It's always, um, even if there's occasionally one of the commissioners won't be, uh, on the same page as the others, but they they just read from a prepared statement. Or they just yeah say they might vote. I mean, rarely do they vote no, but they yeah. might yes. But so. it, like, but I've seen it. I've seen it before where like Joan will vote against. She voted no the other on two. Airbnb, mm-hmm. and apparently that was the first time she ever voted no against really? Mally. Because uh, uh, well, so I think at the one of the last ones, somebody maybe they didn't vote a different way, but they had some statement they wanted to say about. I it. think it was about the depaving, right? Yeah, yeah, or the dry the driveways. Yeah, but yes. regardless, it's not. They're not there to. To, to, to talk to their fellow commissioners or debate right. with them. It's this has all clearly been done and hashed out beforehand. Right. Um, which is a violation of the Open Public Meetings Act. Right. Which says that all meetings of the commissioners need to be in public view because uh, specifically because um, that debate needs to happen in public and they're right. not doing it. Um, and so, I you know, this is something I know, Kate, you've been talking about for right. since I met you. Um, and you know, I, from, from where I'm sitting, it seems pretty important to me that like people get all the, uh, you know, all the people are able to see the actual process. So right. they know what kind of considerations are going in, uh, to, to this sort of thing and, and to see like, what is the justification for this? Cause right, right now it's just sort of like, okay, we're going to pass this law. Everyone. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. It passes. Or a giant, you know. $10 million public safety building, right? Yeah. It happens in an instant. Yeah. So, I mean, the mayor has said it doesn't matter because they all agree, which is not how democracy works, I don't think. <laughs> and then it said <clears throat> that it wouldn't be fair because there's only three of them. So if two of them talk, it will be a quorum. But that goes back to the our government is too small problem. Yeah. So you can't have it both ways. Either you want to expand the government so you can comply with OPMA or, you know, you want to have working sessions. But I yeah. think actually both is really. And if and if we've we incorporated the town now, it would have five commissioners, right? Yes. Under under the statute. And we can you could you can do that at any time just with a, a vote, a majority vote of the commissioners. I believe so. I mean, yeah. citizens would have to do an I to R initiative to referendum. But yeah, I don't think that's true. Is it? Do you have I to believe do an initiative? So. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. I looked into this a while before. ago, but I don't quite yeah. remember what the procedure is. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a procedure to expand from three to five when right. you're at this population level. I think we're like 2,000 people over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I mean, other towns that are much smaller, Oakland is like 4,000 people and has a seven-person council. I think it's also really important to have um, people that are running on staggered terms. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you have this like everybody in or everybody out thing. Exactly. Like that's that's not good for bringing new people in and also having stability. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with the staggered terms. It's silly that we get one election every four years. Right, yeah. When we have multiple commissioners, why not elect one right. every year right. or two? Right. So we can have some, you know, some feedback. You can have from continuity, but also you can have new ideas. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. So when you say working sessions. Yes. What What is what is that exactly? Um. So the working sessions, which is something that every other municipality in Camden County does. um, And, you know. I guess to Is vary. that really true? Every single one? Yes. I looked through literally the Camden County website and went to every single town. We're the only town that doesn't I do mean, it. I mean, I don't know about Tavistock. I know there's only like 10 people there. They might not be having working sessions. Um, so they have two two meetings a month. And the first meeting is like, okay, here's the resolutions or ordinances mm-hmm. that we're looking at. And there's live discussion. And then they pass them at the formal meeting. Mm-hmm. So basically what happens in Collingswood is they have those behind closed doors. Right. You and I have lingered outside. Yeah, we've so been, we've been to we've the working been sessions before. The working sessions. They're right. just, you know, we're outside the room. Right. So they're supposed to have press there. There's the public is supposed to be mm-hmm. allowed to attend. Um, so that's not a heavy lift. That should just be able yeah. to be done. And, and you know, for anyone listening, I've, I've said this before on the podcast, I know you're not going to go to the working session. I know you're sitting there thinking like, I don't care because I'm not going to go. Right. We know you know, you don't have to go. The important thing is somebody can go right. and like somebody can keep an eye on what's going on. Um, and then, you know, we can report it to you on this podcast right. or in some of the local newspapers. Right. Um, but the important thing is that like somebody's keeping an eye on this. Right. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm very in favor of that. Um, and I think that you should be, too. Uh, all right. So transparency. What uh, so what's uh, so you're going to do working sessions. What else are we going to do in terms of transparency? Um, I mean, I think there needs to be a lot more transparency around the budgeting process. So there needs to be, you know, at the very minimum, there needs to be a better budget statement. Um, as I've said before, I think Haddonfield does it well. They really break out kind of what each section of the budget costs and where so, our dollars are going. So I what know. you're saying is you want to make know, Collingswood exactly. more like Haddonfield. <laughs> I knew you were going to jump on that. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, so I like the idea of participatory budgeting, which involves taking a chunk of the budget and kind of giving the public more say about like what projects matter the most. I think that would be really interesting to find out what do Collingswood residents think that we need to be devo- devoting more funds to. There are a lot of people talking about roads, um, a lot of people talking about sidewalks. Um, I'm hearing that we're not doing, you know, pavement assessment reports as other places are doing and that it's kind of just piecemeal. I would say walking around town, there are places that seem maybe maybe some snow removal in Knight Park. Yeah. So but it would be great to be like where these are. It'd be interesting to know what are the top priorities from the residents point of view. Uh, And so how do you do something like that? Um, So you have to like create a process and a committee and then you have to have public, you know, meetings about it. So, you know, it involves a lot of talking to residents, which is the opposite of how the the budget. That's like your favorite thing to do. It is. I know. I love to talk to people. (laughs) All right. Uh, All right. So priority number one, transparency. Yes. What's priority number two? Um, So affordability, which I think involves kind of relaxing some of these zoning issues to make sure that we can do things like home sharing, Um, definitely scrutinizing public contracts, because again, going back to your question about fun with the South Jersey machine, there's a lot of machine waste built in there. Um, 
Now, when you say machine waste, you're talking about contracts going to, you know, connected people that, yes. that maybe cost more than they otherwise would? Right. Okay. Yes. Like, we have multiple to Brown and Connery, which is uh, Bill Tambusi, the uh, consigliere of the Camden County <laughs> Dems, and also the attorney of George Norcross. I'm not sure why we give him as much money as we do, but I think all of that warrants scrutiny and exploration of those details. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. Um, so in terms of affordability, what what are you are you talking about? Like you want to lower property taxes? You want to lower rents? I mean, I think that we need. Well, I mean, there might need to be rent stabilization over at like Parkview, where it sounds like people are like who thought they were grandfathered in with affordable senior housing are told, nope, sorry, we're not doing that now. Um, so I think there needs sounds to be. Sounds bad. Yeah, there needs to be some, um, you know, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what's going on there. And it, it seems like that situation has been pretty neglected. Um, yeah, I mean, but I think also just, you know, we have all these public projects that are coming up and there's not, I mean, it's like the public safety building. It just happened. There wasn't a lot of input. Um, and the mayor said often you just paid off some debt and then you in, incur new debt. Right. Okay. My question here is you're talking about how, you know, the the local government can save money. Right. How's that going to save me money as a resident? I think that corruption tax is real. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that all the pay to play is expensive. And I think if we got rid of that, then we would have a savings. And that we can point those dollars to places we need in the community. So are you, are you going to lower my taxes? I can't promise lower taxes, but okay. I can promise that any big public project that we take on would be a real conversation. And there okay. would be real oversight. All right. So... I guess what I'm getting at is what is the benefit to me as just a Collingswood resident of the the municipality saving money? What's that? How's that help me? I think, well, I mean, so we have like the abatements, which is a big conversation. Um, and the mayor is doubling down. That's great. Way to go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think if we have more responsibility around finances, then we have more money for our schools. That helps you as a resident. Mm-hmm. Your kid isn't school age yet, but soon. Um, <laughs> all right. So better public services. Yes. Is what you're saying. And more money to our schools. Yeah. All of that. Right. More money to put toward things like schools, like snow removal in Night Park. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't mean more money in your pocket. You know, I think it depends on what we think is a priority. I think there okay. are things that, you know, we could fund more. Okay. Um, let's talk for a minute about zoning. Sure. Because, you know, I I read a lot of uh, urban policy people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what, what it always sounds to me like is that zoning is the biggest cause of housing unaffordability right um it creates this artificial scarcity right because you can't build more homes because of the zoning right you know there's housing prices you know houses obey the the laws of supply and demand of course so if you artificially restrict supply and there's demand then prices go up right and the only way to alleviate that is to increase supply but a lot of zoning prevents that there's all kinds of density restrictions parking requirements setbacks that are mandatory um and um restrictions on multifamily units right um and that's all happened here in the past okay is that is that something we're dealing with in collingswood yes so in 2000 uh 2001 um jim malley was in office then too um and uh luca pelli who is now the freeholder director or county commissioner director was a commissioner in collingswood and 
and they initiated kind of a movement to create low density housing. So they borrowed, you know, a million dollars to convert triplexes and duplexes into single family homes. And it was like, then they had like the happy to be single again program or whatever, um, which, you know, at the time there's like a quote I read from Luca Pelli, like, I can't imagine anyone would ever see this as a bad idea. And maybe like trying to get into his mind frame in, you know, that year and that moment, that was the right move. They talk a lot about blight in the duplexes and triplexes. Mm-hmm. However, I think now, as you said, we've got, you know, a scarcity and then we've got inflated prices. So I think, and then, you know, then we just relegate the rental units to the edge of town. So people talk about like, oh, working class Collingswood. Like it's still here. It's just like pushed to the edge. Uh, so what's your plan to deal with that? I mean, I think that we don't want to be getting rid of all the duplexes and triplexes. And I think to incentivize, you know, that to, you know, that happy to be single again program. I think now that's not the right move for where we are. Is that program still active? I'm not sure. Okay. Um, Well, are you, are you considering rezoning certain areas? I mean, I think that we need to look at the zoning map, but I think we have created pockets of wealth and then pockets of uh, lower income. Not wealth. Not wealth, working class areas. We can see that reflected in our schools. So I think we need to examine that. Um, I know there are people that are interested in like accessory dwelling units and things of that sort. So I think it's And a lot of that, a lot of the time you just can't make those, right? Right. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely be in favor of allowing, you know, any kind of like, accessory dwelling units or conversions to multifamily housing, right. um, allowing new construction, mm-hmm. um, without, you know, parking requirements or setback requirements. Right. I mean, that's the sort of thing that I hear really is, is what you have to do if you really want to, um, increase housing affordability. If you really want to make a place. If you really want to get get units built that people can afford. Right. And that goes back to diversity, which mm-hmm. I think is something that we care about. So we need to find, figure out how we get that and keep that in our community. All right. Um, okay. So priority number two is affordability. Yes. What's priority number three? Um, sustainability. All right. Tell us about that. So I think that a... a item of concern is what we do with our solid waste disposal in Collingswood. So I've said before we solid waste gross. Yes, it is gross. I don't want to think about that. No. And I think most people don't. In (laughs) fact, I didn't think about it at all until I got involved with um, Camden city activists who were um, lobbying against a microgrid that was going to be connected to the trash incinerator, which thankfully is no longer planned. So they were um, successful with that. However, we still have all of our solid waste is hauled over to Camden City where it's burned, it's bad for the air, it contributes to environmental injustice. So I think we should be exploring, you know, other ways of dealing with that. I honestly didn't think they burned trash anymore. They do. I did they not, burn our trash. I yes. didn't realize that was still a thing. <laughs> yeah. So we generate about 4,800 tons of solid waste a year in Collingswood and it goes over to Camden City to the Kavanta trash incinerator and is burned and then we all get to breathe it back in. Yeah, that's, it's very bad for air quality. It's terrible. Well, we have like American Lung Association has given Camden County an F rating. Like if you go on the website, it says the air you breathe might be hazardous to your health in yeah. Camden County. So I'm like, oh, that's great. My sister has, a, has lung problems and lives in this county. So. Yeah. Now, 
uh, Collingswood, we can't, you know, we can't solve that problem ourselves, right? But we can stop contributing. We to can it, stop contributing. So the way it works right now is, and so I think one part of this is returning local control to important contracts. So this is one of them. All that happens right now is the commissioner signed a piece of paper that says, we will send this off to the county to deal with. So I think that we need to bring that back to our municipality and then we need to explore other options. Which in the short term might be something like a landfill, which is not awesome, but not as bad as an incinerator. See, I don't know why you say that. I like landfills. Landfills They build parks on top of them. Yeah. What's wrong with landfills? (laughs) Well, I mean, I would like to see at least, you know, the food waste be composted. That shouldn't be burned. You have your farm out back. I, I shouldn't have to sell you on that. No, idea. no, no. I compost everything. Yeah. So, but, you know, municipal composting happens in much bigger places and it could happen here. And it'd be cool if Collingswood was, you know, leading the way with that. All right. Um, what else? What else uh, would we be able to do towards sustainability? Um, so, I mean, those are I, th- I think that's the big issue that I'm hearing, you know, as we're talking about with people that they're interested mm. in. in uh, well, we're having uh, water issues, right? Yes. So we have a water treatment plant that we need to build. We have the water uh, filters that we're renting right now, but that's kind of a yeah. stopgap. We've talked about this on the podcast before, but in case you missed that, a quick recap is that um, the state passed new water quality standards, uh, which are old treatment uh, whatever we were doing right. was not quite up to it. I think we have a, a couple of plants. One of them was fine uh, and is still in operation, but the other one is not. So, um, and this we knew this was coming for quite a while. Yes. So Jersey is um, like leading the way in screening out these particular chemicals. Yeah, but like we didn't do anything about it. So now right. we have to rent this expensive equipment to filter the water, um, you know, which is it's nice to have filtered water. Right. Um, but we don't have a a plant and it's not sustainable to keep renting these this water filtration equipment. It's very expensive and it's just going to drain the uh, tax revenue. Right. Um, so, so what, so what can we do about this? Well, it's not really clear what the cost is going to be for the water treatment plant. Mm-hmm. Um, when I asked, I was told like the state will pay for it or I don't know. Um, I'm not sure how that works. Well, I hear infrastructure weeks coming up. Right. <laughs> Um, Maybe we get some of that federal money. There you go. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there needs to be a a new facility, it sounds like. But, I mean, I think it's good news from the state that they passed, you know, these actual guidelines about how much it can be of PFOA and PFOS, which are really terrible, you know, endocrine disruptors and carcinogens. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, we just need to keep pace, basically, with the Mm -hmm. state, and we're not prepared to do that. Yeah. Um, And we've also got some issues with stormwater runoff, right? Yes, I mean, that's everywhere that we're just like totally built out and paved and, you know, the public safety building. I mean, they're talking about a green roof. But again, the more we construct and the more we construct and have, you know, impervious surface issues, then, you know, the more we'll have flooding. And, and then that... we've got like algae blooms in the park and all of that. Yeah. So that's the thing that I didn't realize that right. that the algae blooms Are in connected. like the Night Park Pond right. and the um, Newton Lake. Right. They're all due to this stormwater runoff. Yes. Um, and they they keep they keep like installing sprinklers in them. Yeah, and like... then there's like a riparian buffer around Newton Creek, but mm. they keep like cutting it down. So that could help with 
stormwater runoff too, but they need to stop. Wait, is that of- why there's so little access to Newton Creek? Um, yeah, the riparian buffer is to like filter out. So What's the stuff- rep- what is what is a riparian buffer? It's like all the vegetative uh, okay. growth around Newton Creek. Oh, see, so see, because every to time, prevent, like all the stuff from oh, see. See, this is See? this is why I ask Kate things. Because every time, <laughs> no, because every time I go, I drive through there or go or go to the park. I'm like, why is there no water access? Right. So it doesn't make any sense, but it's actually an environmental thing. It is. Yes, like it's good to have their absorb all the stormwater. Yes, exactly. Oh, yes. Okay. So it kind of blocks that. All right. Well, I'll stop. And uh, I don't think I'll that we have that. I, I'm not sure if we have that at Newton or at Night Park. So I think it just. I don't right think in. so. We've yeah. got, I mean, we've got some like reeds around parts right. of it, but most of it's pretty, pretty open. Right. Yeah. Um, and it is full of turtles today. Nice. Oh my God. You should go check it out because I, there are like, I saw at least a dozen of them. Fun. Yeah. Nice. So everyone go see the go turtles see the in the night park. They're waiting for you. Uh, also, Kate, yes. there was a guy that I, last summer went around and like, like caught all the baby turtles in a net really yeah and like and, and did what he's so i talked to him and he said he said he like fosters them he like takes <laughs> them to his his pond okay and like raises them and then says he brings them back in fall okay so i want you to look into this yeah if well, i've never heard of that because cause... i don't trust this guy yeah all i know is he was running around with a net grabbing Grab turtles, turtles. <laughs> <laughs> and like I love those turtles. Right, put those turtles back. And I like, and then, you know, the next week or so, there's like way fewer turtles in the pond. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, no. <laughs> this guy's just taking the turtles. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, That's so strange. you gotta, you gotta, so gotta put, watch out for turtle guy. You gotta put a, turtle put a detective on this. Exactly. <laughs> this, is, this is an important, Illegal this is an important turtle issue. turtle activity yeah. is happening. Right. I mean, maybe, and maybe it's true. Maybe like, maybe, maybe he's really but helping out these turtles. do they need to turtles. be like, is he worried about like hawks? Like, yeah, I don't grabbing, know. What's, what's the? I don't. I have no idea I've why never the heard turtles of turtle are not safe fostering. In the pond. I mean, yeah, it could be a thing. Uh, yeah, I have no idea why they're like safer in his pond than <laughs> than in the night park pond. Um, but I would like I would like someone to look into this. Okay. Um. Guess so so if you vote for Kate, we the can the turtles we can get will to the be bottom. safe. Save the get turtles. Get to the bottom of this <laughs> turtle thief. <laughs> um. All right. So. We explore the most important issues. Yes. <laughs> Hard hitting interview. All right. So is there anything else, I guess, that you want our listeners to know about the upcoming election, about, you know, South Jersey politics, about what you might want to accomplish in uh, in office, anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, one thing that we're hearing a lot is, first of all, people are not used to the idea of a May election. I don't think anyone's in a very nonpartisan mood after the Trump 2020 election. I think we're all feeling pretty partisan. Um, so a lot of people are just confused by that. They're like, what does that mm-hmm. mean? Like, but really, what are you? Um, right. And, and everyone's, everyone's Democrats, right? Like, you're not running as a, any party. We're running as but like, nonpartisan. Right. But like everyone running, <laughs> pretty it's, sure, is right, registered Democrats. Democrats. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. So, it's you know, it's strange, though. I will say, like, talking to people... You know, to Republicans, to unaffiliated voters, I would say, and also to other Dems. Like, it, there aren't a lot of elections in our county. Um, we have just kind of one party control, and I think that's really damaging. So, yeah. I would say, you know, for myself as a progressive, and I would say also as the head of South Jersey Progressive Dems, that we really want a two party system. You really need to have conversations and real elections 
Um, so that's something I'm really invested in, in the idea of there being elections. It's a conversation about the future, and we should have them. Um, I think when we don't have them, you see people kind of like just freaking out. Oh, my God, there's an election. People are challenging, you know, the people that have been in charge for decades. <laughs> what? So I think that there needs to be those conversations. Oh, yeah. So speaking of people freaking out. Yeah. I got something in the mail. Yes. About Jim Malley making millions and millions of dollars from public contracts. Yes. Now, was that you? That was not. Okay. Who sent that out? That was Working Families, which is not hack. So tell the people on the interwebs. Um, <laughs> it, working Families. Why, why is that important? I don't uh, know. Because I, don't, I honestly don't know what a PAC really is. Like I know it's a political action committee. Right. I don't know. I don't know what that means it or why makes I should you care. Can, like you know, spend money behind a curtain. Okay. Um, there is actually a PAC that is funding Team Mally and sending out letters saying vote for these people. Occasionally saying. I think I got one of those unpleasant letters. things about me. Um, so they are a PAC. They're called the Committee for Responsible Governance. What what kind of things are they saying about you? You got any you got any charges that you want to answer? Um, no, not really. I mean, okay. they said that um, I'm interested in sound bites and in building a name for myself statewide. I mean, you are running for office, right? So it was yeah, <laughs> it was kind of goofy. Um, All right. So, right. but anyway, so that first they were the committee for responsible government, but then they changed it in their next mailer and they became governance. Okay. Um, their address is Haddonfield and it's a real estate agency. No. So they're not really a organization. They're just kind of a shadowy entity. Um, so there's a little bit of like false equivalency that's going on and saying, oh, working families is also a pack, but it's not. You can find working families pretty easily on line they are right. a real organization and are, um, you, are you affiliated with them um my friend sue altman is the state director for new jersey working families okay. so the other way like another distinction that's important is that um political funding can be ie so an in, uh, individual expenditure meaning like independent of the campaign so right. that's what this committee for responsible Haddonfield real estate is is about okay. um, w- as opposed to coordinated, which is, uh, you know, the relationship we have with working families. So meaning, you know, they are knowledgeable about our campaign and we did that on purpose to be transparent right. and go on our elect filing, see the in-kind donation. Mm-hmm. There's nothing shady or strange going on there. Okay. Uh, all right. Anything else that you think our listeners should know? Um, they should know that. You know, I don't think anyone needs to have a ninth term in office. Um, <laughs> I think it's important to have diverse representation. It's 2021. Um, I think it's time to have, you know, women and people of color in office. That's something that I think Collingswood cares about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope that that will be reflected in the vote. I think that, you know, I, I personally don't think that it pay to play contractor should be the head of our local government. So I think that we can take a stand for ethics and transparency. Um, and all of that is on the ballot. On May 11th, column one. All right. Well, you heard it here, folks. May 11th is the election. And uh, we've, uh, Kate's laid out the issues for you here. And, um, you know, that's the, that's the time to make your decision. Don't so, be like Wes and think it's May 18th or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to have to come to Wes's house and drive don't be the like polls, me. obviously. In any way. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's just that's good life advice. Talk, talk take away right here. <laughs> don't be like Wes. It's great life advice in general. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, and uh, May 11th. Go May vote. May 11th. Column one. Column two together. All right. Bye. Bye.